Well, good morning, church. Good to see all of you this morning. We're so glad that you are with us. Again, we want to welcome those that are with us online. We're so glad you are a part of things as well as any of you who are here uh, for the first time. I know it's a holiday week. There's some of you that maybe are just here with family uh, for the week. We're just so grateful that you are here to be a part of things. Uh, but as they said a little bit earlier, we're getting into the Christmas season. And if you didn't know that, this is Amber's favorite oh, time of the year. this is my all-time favorite time she, of the year. I mean, how can it not be, right? She gets a little excited about Christmas. That We love it. We uh, Tell, them, tell the people when the first tree went up in our house, Amber. It doesn't matter. It's been a it while. It was before Halloween. It, in October, you know, we had a Christmas tree up in our house this year. Nope, actually, it was the day after Halloween. Nope, three okay. days before. She broke well, the rule this year. Broke the rule. And then yesterday, we did the Griswold family Christmas. Oh, we cut down our own Christmas tree. If you have never done that, you should. I mean, I didn't do much, but we call it the perfect Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm dragging the tree across, whatever. But it was fun. It was we love, so fun. We love Christmas. Uh, but around here, Christmas is fun. So we kind of want to give you a flyover of what's going to be taking place over the next month or so around here at Zoe. So what's happening today? Starting today, we are decking all of the halls here at Zoe Church. So if you're like, I really want to get to work and help and you have some Christmas spirit, you can join us right after service, but it's gonna be fun as we transform Zoe Church into a winter wonderland. It'll be fun. And then uh, beginning next Sunday is Christmas at Zoe. So all the Sundays in uh, December there leading up to Christmas is gonna be just a fun time. There's gonna be great music. Uh, there'll be uh, treats in the lobby, just a fun environment for the kids and for the adults alike, as well as I'm gonna be sharing challenging and encouraging messages that are really gonna be something that I think both is good for us, but are perfect Sundays for you to invite somebody with you. And so this is a great time of year to think about, man, who is somebody that I can invite that needs some encouragement, that needs to hear the hope of Christ, uh, because I think each of these messages are going to be like that throughout the month of December. And so we'd encourage you to bring somebody with you. And then on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we just want to encourage you to join us. I mean, what a better way to kick off Christmas Eve than coming here with your family and celebrating the true meaning of Christmas. And so we are going to have two services here on Christmas Eve, 9.30 and 11. Uh, there will be child care birth through three years of age, but the rest of the family, we want to, it's a family service. Join us. It will be a candlelit service, so I always personally get a little anxious when my kids are going to be in the room with candles, but it's going to be fine. It's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> we it never know what's going to happen. And every year I'm like, oh, geez, wax is dripping down their arms, but... I uh, just come and join us. And you know, Christmas Eve is the perfect time to invite somebody. Yeah. A lot of people don't go to church in general, but they will come to church on Christmas Eve. So yeah. who is that person that you could invite and join us on Christmas Eve? Yeah. And then uh, kind of our tradition around here is the Sunday after Christmas, we go online only around here. And so on December 31st, December 31st, it is online only. You're welcome to walk through the building, but it's going to be locked. And so you, you might want to stay home and worship with us online. Uh, we do that as an opportunity to be able to give all of our volunteers just a week to be able to celebrate with their families. You may not know this, but it takes hundreds of volunteers on a weekly basis around here. And so we love to be able to do that just as a, as a gift to all of our teams. Uh, but then we're back with normal in-person services on January 7th. January 7th, we're back at our normal schedule. And then one last thing to mark on your calendar, January 14th. On the 14th, that is uh, Vision 2024. And I'll be sharing the vision for this next year, where God's leading us in 2024. So I'd encourage you to make sure you mark your calendar, you join with us on the 24th. All right? We got all those details? Not at me if you're with we me still. It. We got you're it. You're still with me? Great. We're marvelous, good. marvelous. Uh, well, it has been a while since we have done this, but we are doing this together here so this morning. We're doing. Never know what you're going to get. You this never morning. know what you're going to get this morning. And uh, before we fast forward to Christmas, we wanted to just pause this Sunday 
and to not jump past Thanksgiving, but to actually have a morning where we take some time uh, for a Thanksgiving-focused service. Um, you know, we hope that today is not just like we're going to preach a nice, perfect little message. More so, our desire is that we would lead us through an opportunity of response and an opportunity just to pause for a moment in the busyness. Because how many know life is busy? We just can run right past holidays sometimes and not even recognize an opportunity just to give thanks a little bit. And so we're going to do that a little bit this morning. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. How many had a good Thanksgiving? You enjoyed some time off, all that kind of stuff. How many of you, how many of you had turkey for Thanksgiving? How many talk, okay. How many of you actually oh, like turkey? Anybody like turkey? How many think turkey is overrated? I for Anyone? sure think it's okay. overrated. <laughs> Some of you think it's overrated. My wife doesn't. She doesn't ever want to eat the turkey. No, That's I don't fine. like turkey. It's That's weird. okay. But in, my, uh, in Amber's family, um, how many of you are like, are like you love cooking or you like, like, especially when it comes to meat, like grilling meats and things like that? Some of you are like that. Okay. I know I should be like that. That feels like a good manly thing to do. I just don't care that much. Not and a so chance. I don't, I don't spend that much time doing that. So or any time doing anytime, that. Greg sorry. does not cook. So I don't, don't cook let him fool you. Great. He is not Don't invite me over to cook. It ain't going to happen, folks. Okay. But my, uh, my brother-in-law, Amber's brother, Luke, uh, he's really great. He loves cooking and he'll spend hours cooking meats. You know, he'll go roast or whatever they do to meats all day long. I don't get it. He can't even they pretend they to talk the lingo things. of They cooking. smoke things. That's what smoking. happens. They smoke it all day long. But last year, he decides to cook the turkey for the first time, and he spent like 72 hours cooking this turkey. I mean, he's brining it. He's giving it massages. I don't know what Who he's doing that? to this turkey. Does anybody do that? It, that but I'm not like exaggerating. It was the greatest meat I have ever tasted. Like, it was even Amber. It was kind of good, you guys. It was actually really, really good. <laughs> not going to lie. Which the great part about this is I said, Luke, you've just earned the right to cook the turkey for the rest of your life, <laughs> which means I never even have to okay. think about it, which is Greg marvelous. Greg wouldn't even but know how to buy a turkey. I don't. I don't. But that's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm not here for that. So anyway, so Thanksgiving, uh, it's, a, it's a great time for us to kind of pause and reflect a little bit. It's a time of gratitude, you know, naturally. That's the normal thing. You go around, every, what's everybody thankful for, all those kind of things. But I think back, uh, you know, across even just our own personal worlds this mm -hmm. past year, there's, there's been a lot of highs, right? I mean, you have that. You got a lot of highs. And you got some lows at the same time. You got challenges, you know, like yeah. in our own life. You know, as we were reflecting on this year, we're just like you. There's been some amazing seasons. My brother got married this summer. My youngest brother, finally, we've been waiting <laughs> a long Lord. time. Uh, my dad retired. There's been some, like, amazing things that happened this year. And there's been some really hard things that have happened this year. You know, um, we had a really hard summer where our family walked through some really hard things and was one of those things that we couldn't really talk about or broadcast, and that's hard. You know, when you're walking through something that not a lot of other people know or can know, it's tricky. Um, you know, Greg and I, we say so many times that like, this Zoe Church is our family. We love you guys. We love our staff. We love our board. Uh, and that can be one of like the greatest things and one of the hardest things, because when you walk through hard things, we walk through those hard things with you. And there's been a lot of hard things this year, just like every other year, but there's a lot of hard things that I know so many of you have walked through. Yeah. And we've walked through with you. And uh, yeah, sometimes when you're walking through those hard things, it's hard to remember how thankful you are for what the Lord has given you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a good reminder for us, this church is just a blessing in our life. Yeah. Just know that. Like one of the greatest privileges that we have in this life is to get to pastor this church, to be able to lead this community. 
Um, you guys are a blessing for us. You, you speak life into us. You encourage a lot of other pastors I'll talk to like, oh, man, I got this, and I got this person in my church, and I got this thing going on. And my board is so hard to work with. We got an amazing board. Mm-hmm. Our people are amazing. Our, our church is amazing. The leaders we have here, the volunteers that engage, the way that you guys just lift our wings at times, like when we're feeling worn out, man, it's just such a blessing. And so thank you so much for the privilege. But we know that when you go through a year, there's, there's hard things. Like this past year, there's some good stuff that's happened. Like some people, a lot of people have had babies. Some of you have had babies. Some of you have had grandbabies this past year. You know, some people have got married this past year. There's been a lot of those kind of fun things. Or people, maybe you got a new house or you got to go on a great trip. Or maybe uh, some of the parents, you got out of diapers. Your, your kids are not in diapers. Amen, right? There's good things that can happen that just are fun. And then there are hard seasons. And there are some of you here that have lost loved ones this past year. Just recently, there are some people who've lost loved ones. There's some of you that have, you know, maybe you've walked through a season where you've lost a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you've been in a season where relationships just fallen apart and you're devastated. You know, you've had those kind of challenges or maybe you've had a financial struggle in some way where you just, you feel like you're suffocating. You don't know where to go. Some of you, maybe you had a dream this year and it just felt like it was smashed mm-hmm. and you just feel overwhelmed by that. We all walk through these kind of seasons in, in this space. And one of the things we say around here all the time is we embrace the struggle, right? We embrace the struggle of life. We embrace the struggle of faith. It's not always easy. And we're here for one another. We encourage one another. We love one another. But guess what? It isn't always easy. And so this morning, in the face of whatever kind of year you've had, because some of you are like, I've had a great year. I don't know what you're talking about, Greg. If you've had a great year or if you've had a challenging year, uh, there is a word here for us today that God has. In fact, the passage we're going to look at and the, and the word God has for us today is actually going to answer one of the most important questions that humanity asks. And the question is, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? I'm going to answer that for you this morning straight from Scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And if you would, would you stand with me across the room? It's our tradition around here. Nothing sacred about standing. It's our tradition to say, God, we honor your words. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, short book toward the back of your Bibles, uh, beginning of verse number 16. There's a couple of these are the shortest verses you're going to find in the Bible here. Verse 16, chapter 5 says this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. This encouragement that, man, it sounds so easy, and oh my goodness, is it hard. Lord, I pray that you would speak this and reveal this to us in a fresh way. Dig it into our bones today, we pray, God, that we would walk out of this place with a fresh revelation of how we respond to your goodness, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated. So have you ever been around a person that maybe like their favorite thing to do is like, quote scripture verses at you when you're going through something hard. You know, like when you've lost somebody or you've gotten a bad health diagnosis or you're going through a breakup and someone's just like, oh, with a big smile, they're like, don't get down. Like, remember, God works all things out together for good. Or trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's going to be fine. Sometimes that's not always what we need to hear. Yes, that is true. Absolutely. But sometimes Uh, That's not what we need in that moment. And this passage can feel the exact same way. Yeah, I know. There's some of you right now, and it says, rejoice always. And you're like, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Like, seriously, I'm going to rejoice right now? That's what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Right? It's just, it's 
let's be honest, we can all fake it at church, right? Oh, yeah, I'm rejoicing. Oh, oh, God's on the throne. That's good. You're right, but you don't feel like rejoicing right now. We have those moments. There's moments where you're like, pray continually, seriously? I don't even have time to pray the two minutes that I should be praying. You know, my, I'm barely keeping my head above water just trying to, to keep my life moving right now, let alone I'm going to pray continually. And then there's the last one, which is what we're going to focus on today, where it says, give thanks in all circumstances. You're like, all of them? <laughs> like some of them I could totally see giving thanks in some of these circumstances, but all of them, um, I'm not sure about that. I don't like all the circumstances. I don't feel like giving thanks in all these circumstances. How many would say that seems impossible? I'm going to give thanks in every circumstance I face. It's just crazy. I think sometimes we maybe like to pretend, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm happy I'm walking through this. But in all reality, you're not. You know, when we had lost our house in a house fire, it was really hard to find thankfulness and gratefulness in that. Uh, on my third pregnancy with our child, Diella, it was really hard. I almost lost her. And it was hard to find the good in that. And uh, a couple years ago, I lost my cousin, uh, who was like a brother to me, to addiction. And if somebody would have walked up to me and have been like, fine, there's goodness in that. In that moment, there was no goodness. It was hard. It is hard to be thankful in all circumstances. And it, honestly, it kind of sounds crazy. How can I possibly be thankful in the hardest things that I'm walking through? Yeah. And that's our natural reaction, our flesh reaction. But here's the thing that we have to remember, is that whenever God asks something of us that doesn't seem to make sense, we have to stop and remind ourselves that God only asks us to do things that benefit in us in some way. We have to remember, he's the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's guiding us. And when he asks us to do things, well, I don't feel like that. That doesn't make sense to me. We have to stop and remember, okay, we can trust the good shepherd to lead us and to guide us. Because God, God asks us to do a lot of things that don't make sense to us in the moment. Right? That person hurts you, and then what does he say? Forgive him. You're like, that doesn't make sense, God. Why would I forgive the person? Why would I let that? That feels like I'm letting them off the hook if I forgive them. But what we don't realize is that's what sets us free. Mm -hmm. If we don't forgive, we're the ones stuck in bondage. They've forgotten about it. They don't even care about it. We're the ones stuck in bondage. Mm -hmm. You see, it doesn't always make sense. God also says, hey, give generously. Like, that doesn't make sense to me, God. Because sometimes I want the stuff. Like, I don't want to pay. I don't want to help somebody else. I want the stuff. But he's saying, listen, if you give generously, you get set free in the process. No longer bound by the stuff that is robbing you of joy and life. No, you're set free whenever you do that. And the other thing Jesus says this is he says, you know what? Die to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're like, that doesn't sound good at all. Why would I want to die to myself? You want to receive eternal life. Die to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because the only way to eternal life is to lay down our life. You see, Jesus constantly asks us to do things that doesn't make sense to us, like that we don't understand in the moment. But the reality, he's a good shepherd who's trying to lead us to healthy places. And as we see, even in this issue of gratitude and giving thanks, it's the same principle. He's calling us to do something that seems radical. It doesn't make sense in our minds, but it actually produces life for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how many of you know a Debbie Downer? <laughs> So, or maybe you are a Debbie Downer, I'm sorry, but like an Eeyore, someone who can, is just like mopey all the time or so ungrateful or everything is always awful. If you ask someone like, how are you doing? Well, okay, like 
There's, there's a difference between being real and like being mopey all the time. And I think sometimes we need to still <laughs> I can't stand mopiness. Some people, some people are just real mopey. I know, I could just go on a tangent because this is like one of my biggest pet peeves is like, why can you not find one thing to be thankful for? Your life is that awful, you know? And here's the reality. You don't want to be that person, and you don't want to be around that person. <laughs> because those are, that is a person who will suck the living life out of you. <laughs> yeah. So you see, when you operate with ingratitude, okay, you operate in ingratitude, even if your circumstances might seem like they warrant it, because they do. Sometimes you're going through a hard thing, and it seems like I'm justified right now in not being grateful. Like, whatever I'm going through, I am fully justified. But here's the deal. When you operate with ingratitude, your world becomes very small. Yeah. And you not only suffocate those around you, but you are robbing yourself from the potential of experiencing joy. You're actually killing yourself. Your circumstance is no longer your enemy. You are. You're setting yourself up for failure. Because if all we do is focus on all the negative things and all how, how horrible life is, it actually kills us. It robs us. So this is why Jesus is saying, listen, give thanks in all circumstances. Doesn't matter what it is. Because this happens with people all the time where, where they only see the bad. Maybe this is the thing that you struggle with. I know there's times where I can struggle with this. Where we fixate on the bad thing. When we've got a couple bad things going on and all we can think about is the bad thing. We focus on the bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. Guess what happens when we focus on the bad thing? Whatever you choose to focus on grows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you're focused on, it just gets worse and worse. And you just keep focusing on this thing. And that consumes you. And it destroys you. There's no way to have joy. There could be a thousand other great things going on in your life, but all you're worried about is the thing that, that is bad in your life, okay? I'm going to use example marriage as an example of this, okay? Uh -oh. Because I, uh-oh. That's why he asked me to join us today. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I read this several years ago. One of the biggest indicators of a likelihood of divorce is contempt within a relationship. What does that mean? What is contempt? It's when you get to a place with your spouse where you no longer can see the good in them, you see all the bad in them, and you think you're better than they are. And so you constantly have this view of your spouse that, well, I'm better than they are, and they're lesser than. If you have two spouses that have contempt for one another, how many of you think that's going to work out well, right? No, it doesn't. It destroys the relationship. Because what happens? When you have contempt for someone, you can't see good in them anymore. All you can see are the flaws and the weaknesses and the mistakes. And again, whatever you focus on grows. So now when I see the flaws, I just think about the flaws. That's what consumes me. I can never see any good in this person. The relationship doesn't work when we go that way. But you know what the antidote to contempt is? Gratitude. Yeah. It's gratefulness. If you can take the moment to stop as a spouse and say, rather than fixating on all the things, and it might be a long list. I'm sure I have a long list of things that drive Amber crazy. Maybe. Okay? <laughs> but if she could choose to think about the good things in me. <laughs> she just started laughing. Like preaching at me I'm right not now. preaching at you. I was using an okay. example. Okay. <laughs> that did sound you're like I was so using amazing. an example. I know. I'm like, oh, you're so no, amazing. I'll flip it on to me. If I could ah. have a, I don't have a list of long things that I despise. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. You get what I'm saying, though? If you can fixate on the good things, how many know that changes your attitude towards somebody? Yeah. Changes your mindset toward, it changes what you expect from that person. When you expect bad things, you're going to get bad things. Like, that's just how it works. Okay? And so you take this, this principle and you... Take it to your life mm -hmm. in every relationship, every circumstance. You know, 
what you focus on becomes, a, it's like a magnifying glass. And so if we fixate on the negative things, it kills us, it robs us, it destroys us. But the other side, it actually can breathe light to us. And it, it goes even further, because I was doing some study on this and read, read a different study that took place, and this feels a little scientific, so just bear with me for like three sentences, but it'll make sense when we get to the end of this thing, okay? What they found was that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions, okay, all over the brain. And it lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways and the hypothalamus. In short, Gratitude can boost neuro neurotransmitter serotonin and activate the brainstem to produce dopamine. Dopamine is our brain's pleasure chemical. It means the more that we can think positively, focus on positive, think grateful thoughts, the healthier and happier we actually feel. It isn't just some like ethereal, like out there idea. It literally changes your brain chemistry when you focus on the positive and, the, and have gratitude for things rather than constantly focusing on the negative. So what I love about this is that not only is thankfulness God's will for you, commanded of you, not only will it produce more life-giving relationships, but it will allow you to experience more joy in life even at the chemical level. It's as if God knew what he was talking about <laughs> when he said give thanks in all circumstances. He knows better than we do. He wants good for us. He wants to lead us to good things. The question is, what are we going to do? How do we respond? And so I want to get to our big so what. We always say, so what? What's the point of this thing? There's one simple thought we want to leave you through this morning, and it's this. Gratefulness is a choice. Gratefulness is a choice. We don't get to choose our circumstances. Some of us wish we could. You wish you could change it right now. Right now, you're going through garbage, and you're like, this is awful. I hate this. hate everything about this. Greg, there is nothing redemptive about what I'm dealing with right now. And in the flesh, that might feel true, okay? You don't get to choose your circumstances, mm -hmm. but you do get to cho choose how you respond. You do get to choose whether or not you're going to have gratefulness in the midst of the circumstance you're walking through. And that actually can change everything about you. Your focus, how you live, the joy you even experience in your own heart. All those things can change with a simple choice that you make. It's just like love. Okay, how many know love is a choice? There are mornings where Amber and I wake up, we don't feel like acting loving toward one another. But we get a choice. Are we going to choose love in that moment? Here's something some of you need to hear. Gratefulness is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Are there times where you might feel grateful? Absolutely, but fundamentally, gratefulness is a choice. It's a choice that you decide in the midst of whatever you face. Because we have watched people in some of the worst circumstances possible choose gratefulness and see a joy and a life in them that people who are living amazing lives don't have. Because fundamentally, gratefulness is a choice. And we, as we were kind of talking about, there's one person that, that came to mind that, that Amber's going to share a little bit of her story here this morning. Yeah, if there is one person that I have seen model Thanksgiving in the midst of a storm, uh, it's my friend Kari. And a lot of you are friends of hers. Uh, she goes to this church and she is one of those people that a couple years ago when she first came to Zoe, I remember sitting down with her and her sharing her story with me. And I'm like, this girl had to have made 
that up. <laughs> like it was one of those like crazy, insane stories that she's walked through. Uh, she was a drug addict for years and years and years, in and out of jail. She has watched family members die, her mom, her brother, her dad recently. She literally had zero hope. And honestly, she would say that drugs were close to taking her own life and should have many times, but God. Uh, she met Jesus and he changed everything for her. I had never heard a story like hers where addicts actually find freedom. Uh, I have a long line of addicts addiction in my family. We have lost loved ones to it. And I remember hearing our story like, man, God can really heal and restore and redeem those that are broken and trapped in addiction. And it's not for a lack of effort, man. It, it has taken her work. She has had a strength that I've never seen. And if she was up here, she would say, if any of you are stuck in addiction, it's time to find freedom. She truly believes that she is only here on this earth, but because of Jesus. Yep. He transformed her life. He gave her a second, third, and fourth chance. She gets to be the mom of her little boy and actually change the trajectory of her legacy because of Jesus yep. and her hope in Jesus. Yep. She is an amazing single mom to a little first grader, and they get to experience this new hope and this new found joy in Jesus. Sure, there are dark days that she faces, you know, with addiction, it takes work, but she has never, ever lost hope. And today, she is fighting for her life. She has recently been diagnosed with an aggressive cancer. She's not taking narcotics because she knows that those would kill her before the cancer. So she is walking through a cancer journey with immense pain, but she is hanging on to one thing, and that's her hope in Jesus. That in the midst of the storm, she will remain thankful for yep. what he's done in her life. Yep. She remains full of gratitude. She praises the Lord on her darkest of days. And man, there are a few of us. We've seen her darkest days. Yep. We've been at her house when it, it's pain like you cannot even imagine. And all you can do is pray. Even in my unbelief, God, I pray that you will heal this woman. But she continues to praise the Lord with everything in her because she knows that that's where her hope is from. She knows that gratitude and praise is all she can do in the midst of her storm. She is a hero of mine, and her storm is not close to over. But this week, as she was going through chemo, chemo is awful. Chemo week is awful. On Monday, as she was going through chemo, she posted this picture. And Greg actually screenshotted it to me. And I had seen it. And I'm going to read this post. But this is her hooked up to IVs, giving chemo, the thing that literally tears away at her body 
in a pain that you can't even imagine. And this is what she writes. As much as I hate this place, I am feeling such a sense of overwhelming gratitude today. I have so much gratitude for my doctor and for my team. Gratitude for my people who continue to show up for us. Gratitude for their unwavering love and support. Gratitude that despite how real things get, they continue to lift me up, pray with me, cheer me on, believe in me, fight for me, and continually point me to the Lord. Gratitude for the Lord's love, grace, and faithfulness through this journey. Gratitude for life. Though this Thanksgiving will look a little bit different, I am more grateful than any other year. Gratitude is a powerful gift that brings us closer to God. Reflecting on 1 Timothy 4.4, everything created by God is inherently good. And when we embrace this truth, even the smallest things become worthy of appreciation. I remain confident in this. We will see the goodness of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Always pray without ceasing. Give thanks and in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Kari is in the fight of her life. As a 38-year-old, she has walked through some of the hardest things. But where she looks to and where her hope comes from always remains the same. It's Jesus. That girl will fight, literally do anything she can to get here on a Sunday morning. Man, that's what gratitude looks like. That's what Thanksgiving looks like. There's some of you here this morning that you're like, well, I'm I'm not going through anything that bad, so I should not feel, I should be grateful that I'm not going through that. Yeah, but we all have our own thing. And whatever you're walking through, it can feel big to you, it's okay. We don't have to measure our heart against one another's. You know, like it's, are, are, are we walking through something difficult? Maybe you are. The challenge is, in the midst of what we're facing, would we be willing to choose gratefulness? To choose gratitude in the midst of that circumstance? To make the decision, God, I'm not gonna allow my circumstances to, di- to dictate my life, my feeling, my attitude. Instead, I'm gonna choose to look to you. I'm gonna choose to find gratefulness for the things that you have done in my life. And when I can't find anything else, God, I'm just gonna look to you. And I'm gonna remind myself of the goodness of who God is. We sang it earlier, the goodness of God in every circumstance, your faithfulness in every circumstance. I trust in who you are, God. That's a challenge for every one of us. And so as we wrap our time up this morning, I wanna give us an opportunity to, to practice what we talked about this morning, okay? And so when you walked in the door, you were given a card like this, okay? I want you to grab out the card that you were handed when you walked in the door. Okay, if you by chance missed it, no worries. You can raise your hand. They might be able to hand one out. Otherwise, pull out a cell phone and open a note right now. We're gonna practice gratitude for a moment. Here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna give you about three minutes. And I want you to take this card out. There's pencils in the, in the chair in front of you. And I'm gonna ask you just to have a reflective moment of just writing some of those things down to say, God, what are some things that I'm grateful for this year, over this past year? Now, I'm going to ask you to go a step beyond just generically putting friends and family down. Okay, let's be specific. What are the things specifically? And as you write them down, this isn't just make, I'll make a list. As you're writing them down in your own heart, I want you just to say thank you, Jesus, for those things. And begin to have a heart of gratitude for those areas in your life where God's spoken, where he's led, where he's gifted you, okay? And then in a moment, we're going to gather together. 
and respond together. But I'm going to give you about three minutes to take some time to do that together. God, I thank you for every single thing that was written down on these cards, Lord. It's possible some of these things you've moved and you've answered prayer requests and done all those things and we've never actually paused to say thank you. Thank you, God. You are living, you are active in our lives. God, I pray you would grow that heart of gratitude inside of us, Lord. God, it would shift the way that we live, the, the way that we experience joy and relationship in this world. God, I pray that you would just teach us when we get off course on this one, Lord, I pray you bring us back to the simple truth of who you have called us to be. It is your will, God, that we would be people who give thanks in every circumstance. Help us, Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. In your name, amen. Man, for some of you, this might have been easy. Maybe gratitude is normal. For some of you, you might have been just had to work for the last three minutes. Okay, that's good. Take this with you. Begin to groom. What does that look like? It might be a pattern that you can start to build into your prayer life. How can you build gratitude even into your prayer life, thanksgiving into your prayer life? Because I think it makes a big difference in our lives, all right? But as we close our time together this morning, we just want to close by taking communion together. And one, one thing, if you got nothing else to be grateful for, we can always thank God for what he has done for us. And so I would encourage you to take out your elements uh, with me. If uh, you by chance were missed when you walk in the door, would you just lift a hand up? and our ushers will come by and uh, they will be here to 
help you in a Go ahead and open your elements if you would. I'm going to read just a couple verses for you real quick. I quoted uh, Psalm 103 a little bit earlier, but I love in Psalm 103, the verses around there, there's some verses that are, that are feel real matter of fact and uh, things I can relate to. This is one of those verses I can relate to because there's moments sometimes where I talk to myself. Any of you ever talk to yourself? You're like, you gotta convince yourself of some things. This is a moment where you can hear the writer literally talking to themselves in this moment because they don't feel like it, but they're talking to their own soul here for a moment. And this is what it says in Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I know it's easy to forget, but don't forget who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfy your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's wings. And so no matter what you walked in the door with this morning, there is one thing we can be grateful for. We serve a God who did not stand far off when, when we were broken and lost, but instead he came near to us to the point of a cross and he took the nails and he took the, th the crown of thorns in his head to say, I love you and I will run after you that far. That's something to be grateful for. We don't serve a God who's off distant, who can't relate to our pain. No, we serve a God who experienced the deepest pain anyone could ever experience, and yet they continue to persevere in love. And so today we just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for us. Our salvation would not be possible if it weren't for you. Our goodness is never enough. It's only you, Jesus. We thank you for that. It says on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Can we eat together? The same way after dinner, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. It's the blood that saves us and heals us. Can we drink together? Would you just stand? We thank you, Jesus, for your love was poured out on a cross. God, we thank you that you are a God who is near us, whatever we face. And so, Lord, I just pray this week you would help us to be reminded of that, Father. Rather than looking at what's wrong, God, I pray you would help us to see where you are moving, that we would choose gratitude in every area of our lives, God, that, that we would be those when, when non-believers see us, they could see joy and peace because we don't behave like everybody else does, that we choose to look and expect the good, Lord. God, shape us to look more like your son, we pray. Thank you for that, Lord. Pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give us a challenge before we walk out the door this morning because we can receive the hope and the joy of Christ, but part of our calling this month is, is that we would extend that. And so I want you to bring out this card that you wrote. You wrote on one side of this card. I want you to pull this card out real quick. On the other side of that card, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write one name of somebody that you're gonna pray about and that you're gonna try and invite this next Monday or this month for Christmas at Zoe. It's an opportunity every week where they're gonna hear the gospel and there are people in our life that need that. And so would you write a name down? Take this card with you. Let's obviously gratitude, but begin to pray over that person and see how God might move this, this month in, uh, in seeing people experience the hope of Christ. Amen.